This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. I've had a couple people actually tell me that they'd like more Real Man Wood podcasts because obviously it's a tumultuous time. People want to talk about some of this stuff. So I don't know. Maybe we'll try to so do that. So instead you cut it short. Instead you cut it to 25 minutes short. You have a hard out and you, and you delayed it 25 minutes. Well, I like I, it. So I push, instead, I people push, ask for more and demand more and you provide less. I put, exactly. That's, that's how I roll. I put, uh, I pushed uh, Jeff back 10 minutes uh, for XM. So we got a little extra 10 minutes at the end, but yeah, it's going to be a shorter one. You know, there's still no sports going on. I mean, KBO is cool and people are playing that. Jeff said his first night he put in 10 bucks, won 40 bucks. Nice. But I just, I'm not that kind of dude. Like, I just, first of all, I can't play on DraftKings or whatever from here. But secondly, like, I don't deal with learning new stuff unless I'm going to really learn it for the long haul. I'm not going to just learn KBO because I'm jonesing for a couple of months. So I'm glad it exists. We're covering on RotoWire. People seem to like it. And, uh, but I'm not, I'm not playing or following it. Yeah, I'm not sure how long I can maintain it, but I've kept myself weirdly busy uh, during this quarantine, and uh, I have not gone into KBO myself either. But um, yeah, no, I have not gone that route yet. But I could see you getting desperate and going there. I, I could see it, but uh, not quite yet there. Um, yeah, happy 49th birthday, I believe, Liz. Is that is that true? Yeah, you, that's you recently true. Had a birthday, so um, yeah, happy birthday, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, and uh, yeah, that's still so. Yeah, one away from the big five zero. That's uh, what what are the odds of getting there? I think pretty good. I mean, we'll see. You know, okay. we'll see if this thing mutates and uh, has a strain that's like has a ninety percent fatality rate, but spreads even twice as much as it's spreading now. Then my odds would go down, obviously. But a real man, a real man would survive it. Sole survivor. Did you do anything special? You know, Heather and Sasha made me lo- like a late lunch spaghetti and meatballs and a cho- ice cream with like these chocolate Brazilian things that they made, and it's pretty good. Uh, we went for a walk beat Sasha and Stratego, although she actually beat me today, which I wasn't pissed. I was happy for her, but it's, uh, it's very competitive Stratego. And, uh, that's really it. I mean, the, the thing about Stratego is it used to be when I was growing up that the one was the most powerful piece, but now it's the 10 and it kind of annoys me. Like I just, I'm just used to, you know, the, there's a, the one and the two, I don't know. You ever play Stratego? No, no, I, well, I, I, I don't know that. Anyway, anyway I want to. I will cut you off though. It's as good as time as any to say that uh, I really enjoyed your your column talking about Sasha, and, and I really strongly recommend everyone read that. I really liked it, man. Oh, thank you. The essay about uh, you know how you you raise your kid with you brainwash your kid basically. You got to brainwash your own kids to some extent, otherwise someone will do it for you, and probably not the way you would like. 
but you got in, you got personal and like I've really seen you before and it was, uh, it was emotional. It was good. It was, it was well done. I liked it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I posted it on Twitter. Maybe I'll repost it, but it doesn't really go with my, the real man would, uh, asshole, <laughs> asshole persona really. It's so, I mean, it's, it's real. You know, I just, it's funny on my birthday, which was Sunday, I was just like, I'm going to stay off Twitter for the day. Just even though like Twitter's so valuable, I get so much good information from it and I like it. And I like sort of even even as much as I don't like some of the insanity on it, I, I kind of thrive on it a little bit. But I said, I'm just not going to uh, do that for the day. And so Sasha and Heather were in the kitchen basically all day prepping this lunch. And so I was kind of left alone in my office, but I wasn't on Twitter. So I wrote like a little short story, which I'm not really ready to put out there. And that essay, I just like got some stuff done. Like I got some creative stuff done that because I wasn't like just frittering away my time. So, you know, okay. You're going to tell us more about the short story later or what? That's to, to, it was just a dream I had. And, uh, I I put it down. It's very simple. I mean, I can explain it, but it's not really going to, it's not really going to translate. It's basically, I said this dream that I was in college and these guys were talking about the thing and they had accomplished the thing and everyone was congratulating them for accomplishing the thing. And they were like talking about how it was a tight thing, but they had to trade with these people and do this thing. And they, it was a whole thing, but they got it done. And and everyone was like congratulating them and like high-fiving them. And I was like watching as I was walking by and I sort of knew what they were talking, I knew what they were talking about, but I was like, oh, they did that. And then I was like talking to this girl about it. And she was like, yeah, I guess they did that. I was thinking about it. I was like walking across the campus. Yeah, vaguely. I mean, of course I knew about it, but it just didn't really strike me as I just kind of blew it off. And all of a sudden my time was up and I'd been just frittering away my time doing other things. And they accomplished <laughs> the thing. And I, w- and I woke up in the morning and I had the dream stuck with me. And, I, and the thing was like, it was like a mix of, it seemed like a mix of like something I was like studying in game theory my freshman year that seemed exciting and a mix of just like that feeling when you're on a college campus. I don't know, you know if you had it when you're a freshman and you're like all these classes and all this stuff you could study and you're just like, whoa, like there's like, this is some deep stuff I can get into. You know, that feeling you have before you're like just partying and like trying to just do the least amount possible to get by. But you know, but the, the, that feeling at first that you have before you get like, uh, this is just BS. But it was like sort of, there were two aspects to it. Like one aspect was that, dude, I totally let this whole thing pass me by and then it was done. And it's kind of like your life. Like one day you're just going to die. Like whether it's this year or 50 years from now, you're going to be in the middle of something. You're just going to die. Right. And so like, no matter what you did or didn't do, it's like, just pulls you out. Um, and I felt like I just like that time was gone and like everyone else was doing stuff. What was I doing? Like smoking weed or I, what was I doing? I didn't even know, you know, played a lot of pickup basketball though. But at the same time, there was another layer to it that was like, yeah, but that's just like the thing you're supposed to have done. Like, that's just some, like, everybody's like doing this thing. And if you ever read the book, uh, The Tao Te Ching, it's, you know, old ancient Chinese philosophy, the Taoism, sort of the Bible of Taoism, but it's way less, it's way more like poetic. And there's this good translation I used to read. This guy, Stephen Mitchell, made a translation. It's like poetry, some deep stuff. And one of the lines about, he's talking about like other people, the unenlightened. It's like people are like children at a parade. Like they're just captured in this spectacle. So in one, in one sense, the thing was like this sort of shallow spectacle that these people were caught up in. But in the other sense, it was like, what the hell was I doing? I missed like the main point of why I was even there. 
So like both of those things at once, I probably didn't capture it. That's why I haven't published it yet. Cause I, mm-hmm. when I say publish, I mean, you know, hit submit on a, you know, on a free, mm-hmm. a free platform. It's funny. Cause like my friend, you know, he's a writer, a good friend of mine and he gets stuff published in these journals and stuff. And, you know, he writes like real stuff. And, you know, he has these journals, like you submit stuff and he gets paid for some of them and it's prestigious. And you know, obviously like some writers are published by, you know, real publishers and their books show up in bookstores and online. And you're like, yeah, if you write something, you'd be like, oh, maybe, you know, 20 years ago, you'd be like, oh, I got to, how am I going to get this published? But hmm. now you just hit submit and then you put it on Twitter. That's it. That's the end of that. No, it's, I know it's totally crazy. Um, I enjoyed your take on your religion as well. Um, which is kind of, it's hard to describe, but, uh, um, I liked that. Certainly back with, with Twitter, um, a, it surprised me just the interaction. Some people are, I guess during a downtime now, but it's crazy the amount of interaction on there. B, I think I've figured out a little bit to suit my needs better by just bookmarking, uh, certain people and, 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 and just, you know, instead of going an overwhelming timeline, that's why I recently asked you for a couple uh, advice on, on Bitcoin follows, but, um, but yeah, so, um, good stuff. I, I, I enjoy, anyway, I enjoyed the read there and, and hit, and I'll be certain to read your, uh, their short story next. Yeah. If I, if I post it, it might be too vague for, it's hard to convey the feeling. It was just a feeling and it was a dream. It was literally a dream and I woke up and I remembered it. Um, but speaking of Bitcoin, um, this is no joke now. This is no joke. I mean, I hope you bought the dip a couple of weeks ago because a month ago, because it's doubled, it's doubled since then. And, uh, you know, the happening is still not happened yet. I mean, that's still it will coming happen up. by the next, by next week's podcast, it'll have happened. So yeah, I don't know how long it'll, yeah, it's, I don't know. Not, I'm, as I said, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to, if anything, it might even go down because people are like the happening, the happening and nothing's going to happen because yeah. again, the amount of, the, you know, the amount of scarcity that's increased by the miners not selling for two days is going to be minimal. It's just that every 10 minutes they're not selling and over months it starts to really add up. Yeah. And I was t- uh, talking before we recorded, I figured out my I feel more comfortable with the storage situation. I wouldn't, with that, I wouldn't so. be going public too much with your setup or anything. Um, or talk about that at all. No, I wouldn't really. I, 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 I like your safety. Okay. All right. Well, let's delete this then. All right, I'll, I will delete that remark that you made that no one will know. Okay. But basically, you should have some OPSEC. I mean, I don't even like talking about it. I used to post on Twitter a couple of years ago in the first mania all the time. I don't really post much about it now. I really have a lot to say about it, but it's just sort of like saying you have a bunch of gold under your mattress or something. It's just not something you want to be advertising. So I think everyone will have some, and security will get better, and there's lots of multi-sig and different ways to uh, make it so that your stuff's kind of untouchable. But in general, um, I would advise people just, you know, tell people you trust, but realize like there's no, it's not like your credit card gets hacked and you're like, oh, sorry, customer service, this isn't my charge. As you can see, this is in uh, the Philippines and I've never, you know, it doesn't work like that. Like if you're compromised and your stuff's gone, it's gone. There's no one to talk to. And yet you're taxed all the same, correct? You are, although in Portugal there's no tax on Bitcoin profits, but, but who knows if these governments are even going to be anything remotely what they are five years from now. I mean, there's so much upheaval right now, and the government's just like pouring money into random corporations. I have a hard time seeing how they're going to credibly be busting the little guy for this or that. I mean, I would advise yeah, everyone pay yeah, your taxes. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. say pay all the taxes that you're legally required to pay, but... I just think that in a while, in like a year or two, if they're just doling out money to random corporations, 
it's just going to get uh, a lot more slippery for them to come down hard on people who are, oh, you overstated this deduction or something. Right. <clears throat> All right. Where do you want to go uh, next? Uh, could go a couple places. Kim Jong-un reappeared uh, at a quote-unquote fertilizer plant with some marks on his wrist. Uh, some conspiracy theory, uh, say it's a body double, but look like him to me. Yeah, sh- I'm talking to the right person, conspiracy theorist list. Um, or, and speaking of which, we talked some more COVID, you know, the dead zone episode, which you posted, which is pretty crazy from whatever, how many years ago, 17 years ago. Yeah. Here's what I want to talk about. Like, this is just a really annoying thing. But there's a lot of people out there that have been brainwashed to think anything that doesn't comport with what the government's saying is a conspiracy theory. So if you say, look, man, I don't know what happened, but I'm pretty sure Epstein didn't kill himself. They're like, dude, that's a conspiracy theory. Well, why? Well, because it's not the official story that was reported. So... Here's how bad this is. So I, I, there's a Newsweek article that was shocking. I mean, this is shocking. I, I don't know why this isn't like the front page everywhere. Well, I know why, but I, you know, in the sane society, it would be. And it's a Newsweek yeah, article know. where it Thank says you. the National Institute of Health, specifically the uh, you know, subdivision of it that deals with infectious disease, with, which Anthony Fauci is the head of. He's not the head of the NIH, but he's the head of this division of the NIH. They gave $7 million to this lab in Wuhan to, and, and the phrase is for, to study gain of function in viruses. Gain of function is an Orwellian term for weaponizing viruses. Gain of function, making them deadly. That, that's, they're studying how to make viruses deadly weapons. That's what they're studying in this lab, in the Wuhan lab. Now, if the lab were in Kansas, just say, let's say Anthony Fauci's infectious disease division of the NIH gave a lab in Kansas $7 million to weaponize viruses, and then COVID broke out at that time, we'd be like, whoa, 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 uh, what's the connection between Kansas and Wuhan? Who got on what plane? Let's you know, see any travel between there, any lab technicians that went, even if it was an accident. This is, the article doesn't say whether it's on purpose or an accident. It's, that's not the point of the article. The point of the article is that this funding was given for this purpose. But this lab wasn't in Kansas. It was in the city, short, close to where the epicenter of the virus broke out. So, okay, like that obviously is not a coincidence. This is a coincidence that the right when they're studying gain of function of these viruses in the lab in that city, that's where the COVID breaks out. No, that's that's an incredible coincidence. So this should be investigated, obviously, and it should, the journalists should be you know pounding on this. And you post the article and say, what the hell? And people are like, dude, I used to respect you, but now you're into conspiracy theories. I'm like, dude, this is not a conspiracy. This is reported fact. To my knowledge, and that's reported a week ago, no, Newsweek has not retracted the reporting. This isn't like some Breitbart or some you know, fringe political right-wing thing. This is a neoliberal magazine. So they haven't retracted it. Nobody's, you know, Fauci and people said, oh, no, this isn't Although true. I do, I do think someone in the Twitter comments warned you of, of Newsweek or whatever that means. I, I think I saw oh, no, that. I agree. That. Newsweek is shit, but it's shit for the opposite reason. It's shit because it'll tow the company line. It'll, it's not shit because it's reporting the Breitbart stuff, the outlandish stuff. It's shit because it, it you know, carries the water for powerful factions. So in some ways, this is a, a statement against interest. This is something that actually has more plausibility because it's shit. But it's still a shit, don't get me wrong. So to my knowledge, none of the principal, they, they didn't comment for the interview, Fauci or the NIH. 
And so to my knowledge, this is, this reporting is valid. Nobody said, Oh no, no, no. We didn't give that money to the Wuhan, to this uh, lab. No one's said, no, that's false. So people are like, this is a conspiracy. No, this is a reported fact that has not been disputed. The conspiracy would be like, oh, they did it on purpose. Now, that would be a conspiracy because they didn't show that. But or they the should. conspiracy would be uh, covering it up and telling us it came elsewhere. That could be considered a conspiracy. Lots of things that are not proven could be considered a conspiracy. But again, this is why I did this Pete Rose tweet. So, so there's something that came out in the score that a uh, equipment manager yeah, yeah. That Pete Rose, that Pete Rose uh, apparently corked his bat and had been doing it for years. And he's with the Phillies and of his career. And he probably did it with the red suit. And I said, oh, come on with these conspiracy theories. You guys are not experts in woodworking and you're not baseball historians. And it was obviously a joke because obviously if, if some equipment manager said Pete Rose corked his bat, it's like 90 percent. Likely well, not, that not only true. that, you, you right below you saying that, I think it was, or maybe correct me if I'm wrong, there was a picture of the dead spin, uh, you know, the x-ray of the bat that clear as day right. shows right. the core. So this, is, the article. so this is a report, so this is a, you know, a reported fact, or, you know, at least a reported allegation in this case. And it's Pete Rose. So the dude bet on baseball. The dude was a total scumbag. Like, of course he was cheating. Like this is not, it doesn't take, you know, we haven't proven it beyond a you know, reasonable doubt. It could be false, whatever. But you take reporting like that and you're like, Oh yeah, I can believe that for sure. It's, you don't need to have a degree in baseball history, you know, be a baseball historian or be a woodworking expert to be like, well, you don't know how bats are corked. And, you know, and this is the same thing. It's like the NIH funds crazy shit. Like our government has all sorts of things that just came out in the news that, they funded like some weird coup in Venezuela where they had these uh, ex green berets to like try to train a bunch of ragtag Venezuelan army guys and got totally squashed. But that was reported. You know, that was like that was a scheme that they had. Our government has all kinds of crazy schemes. Who knows what them giving money to this lab is? That's much more nefarious. I mean, overthrowing a government is also pretty nefarious. But the, yeah. the, the, the but the bottom line is like the idea that Pete Rose would oh Pete Rose would never cork his bat. This is a conspiracy. No, he would cork his bat. Yes, our government is into some shady shit. And if they gave money to that institute and the, to, to make viruses weaponized and the virus happened to originate there, that should be investigated. That is not a conspiracy. Whether or not they can account for why that happens after the investigation, well, we'll see. But that's not a conspiracy. But these people, they just think that everything that disturbs their worldview, that, you know, that the adults are in control, that the doctor knows you know, what's wrong with you and he's going to treat you, that the uh, politician is you know, obviously under some pressures from different constituents, but they're doing the best they can, that the country is not, you know, that everything's on the up and up. That is the people that believe that, they can't deal with the fact that there's some very nefarious stuff going on a lot. And when facts come out, they just dismiss them as conspiracies even if it's you know actual legitimate reporting so first deadspin was on that pete rose thing what five six years ago again i miss them uh that type of reporting secondly your twitter is so funny that under your twitter comment someone didn't get your joke and just responded the ironic that you just made that list that, that is just still so funny and yeah i don't understand why people wouldn't be more interested in looking into what really happened other than this taking face value when so much evidence points to its po- not just the possibility of the other side just you know uh, whatever it, it'd be crazy not to at least oh, all i'm saying the they've side. got it. how is this not a big story why you know maybe yeah, why I said, that, I not only that it's not even yeah no not only not looking into it greatly but it's not even a story at all it's not on any why is radar. the press not interested in this how can they the reason they're not interested in is because everything and this is just tragic really has been politicized like covid 
what you think, whether we should end the lockdown, whether you shouldn't, whether you think chloroquine might work, whether you think other treatments work, whether you think Bill Gates is going to save us. All this stuff is like dead something, by the way, right? Chloroquine. Yeah, it was mentioned. He had that 2003 episode of Dead Zone. Was like the guy writes on the blackboard. He's like chloroquine. This is the thing. They're like, but that's a malaria drug. It's the exact same debate in this dumb TV show. It's sorry to spoiler alert, but he passes out and he wakes up and they say, "You saved the world. We gave it to chloroquine." That's right. That, oh, is that, that what happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's just cool. so crazy that that episode was there. Anyway, point is that politic- politicization is is terrible. I mean, it's like people are like. You know, pissed if you if you even suggest oh, chloroquine that seems to have worked in some cases. Oh, you're standing for chloroquine, like you're you must love Trump. You know, it's like, dude, calm down. Everybody's concerned about the disease. Everybody would like to see it go away. Everybody would like the economy to come back. Everybody would like uh, people not to lose their jobs. Calm down. It's not about the orange man. It's not about your emotional state. It's just people are trying to figure it out, man. It's not everything is like this. Not everything is, does this help Trump? Does this hurt Trump? Does this support what he said that we all mocked? Does this make him even more mockable? That's not the, cri- that's not the criteria for evaluating the truth of these statements or what we should do. But that seems to be like most people's criteria. You know, there was that guy in Politico. I don't know if you saw that, that uh, former founder of Politico who used to write for the Washington Post. And he was like, I don't care if Biden's guilty. I don't want to know about this. Just get him elected. The stakes are too high, basically. Like, I don't even care. I mean, points for honesty, but like, dude, you don't even care. You don't care uh, whether he sexually assaulted someone. You don't care uh, whether he's demented. You just, you know, you just simply want to, your, your, your hatred of Trump is so great that like you put anybody in there. So this, this, and, and, and this is what they do with the pandemic. Like they'll put out misinformation as long as it seems to, you know, not benefit Trump. All right, so before I ask you about your thoughts on where we stand with reopening and sports, um, I believe his name was Dr. David Katz. He was on Bill Maher and then Corolla's podcast. He just gave up a, a theory that that pretty much around the number keeps coming back to 20 percent of the people are getting infected, even on like the Diamond Princess cruise where everyone you know was enclosed for a long time. Um, have you heard this? No matter where, where it is, it's always between 19 and 21 percent. Is it like possible that 80 percent is just naturally, you know, not pop- getting this? Have you have you heard that at all? I haven't heard that, but it's certainly possible that genetically there's one that there's something that 20 percent of the world's population has and 80 percent doesn't. And only those 20 are susceptible. It's possible. right? I mean, it would make logical sense. Yeah, that's anyway. that was his theory. I, I had not heard of that. So I was curious about that. And then. um there's a there's a quest lab closer to me now just offering this antibody i'm so like so tempted to 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 get it my wife's like why what's it going to change but i probably am going to bite the bullet and take an antibody test just just because it's it's right there what what are your thoughts on that i mean i guess it can't hurt um i don't love having my well it could hurt if it get like a false positive and i go about in my day like oh i'm fine and i don't and it's false positive right and and that's worse that's worse right because you'd be you know you'd play it safe if not and then secondly, though, if it were negative, then you'd be on record of having not had it, at least as of, as of that day. So if, uh, I don't think this is likely, but if the Gates wing of the powers that be prevails and we're in a surveillance state and they're like, all right, well, they probably test you again before you'd have to be like forced. Um, basically, you, you don't necessarily want to be on record as having not had it 
<laughs> you know, it's better to say. I have to say I had not thought of that, that aspect, that side. Maybe that's a little paranoid. You could always like take it again or you could always like, but maybe just having an unknown status would be uh, beneficial in some way. Yeah, I am the guy who felt like a dummy after willingly sending in my DNA to you know to see my ancestors. Oh, terrible, probably made up anyway. I mean, that was just a horrible decision. So yeah, this is part two of that. So uh, yeah, yeah, let's say your yeah, DNA. I mean, let's say your DNA. Anything. Let's say your DNA is such that you're one of the people that's not only susceptible to the virus, but you shed it really. You sh- you're you're susceptible, but you're not symptomatic, and you shed it like crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say there's five percent of the population that are super spreaders because their DNA is they wouldn't know if they had it, and yet they have lots of particles and the reason they don't get it i'm making this up obviously is that they shed it like crazy to everybody around them and they decide that these super spreaders are just too dangerous uh to have it openly in society so for the good of society we're going to lock all these you know rare genetic people it's like you know three in a hundred into some giant uh sort of prison country club complex where they can't leave uh until you know this thing dies off you know this is far-fetched but it's like it's just better to have a blank slate. It's just better for them. It's the same reason that if you ever get arrested, don't say a goddamn thing. Don't, even if you're innocent, just get a lawyer. Don't say anything. I've, I've, I've listened to podcasts and heard lots of lawyers are like, it doesn't even matter. Don't get on the stand either, right? Well, I don't know. T- take your lawyer's advice on that. But in general, it's like, general, just if you get arrested for something serious, like just don't talk to the cops, period. Because anything you say could be misconstrued. You know, so it's like, you think, oh, I'm innocent. I have nothing to worry about. Well, really, there's many innocent people that have gone down for crimes. You don't know what they know or what their assumptions are. So it's kind of that same paranoia, like just keep your st- status clean. The less they know about you, the better. Yeah, oh, man, that's a, uh, that's a good point. I, mean, so I, mean, I, would, I wouldn't be paranoid. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not like it's unlikely that anything happens to you. But Heather did like this other thing. She didn't send in our genes, but she was uh, – you can like go online and like do your family tree and then just keep adding branches to it and then you – you know, she's asking me, she's asking like, you know, my family, like her family members, like where did grandma, whoever live and what part of the Lower East Side did she live and where did, you know, and she's filling in all these details and she got it back to like, you know, her mom's family, like the 19th century, somewhere mid 19th century. And I'm like, but that's also like providing a blueprint of who you are and all that stuff. And it's a little bit, uh, well, that's interesting though, because I was under the assumption that she, uh, was, was a hippo. She was, she was, she got an operation. For those who haven't read, you told your daughter three at age three that her mom was uh, formerly a hippo, but got a, what, a species change or something? Yeah, yeah, I was trying to convince her that her mom was actually a hippopotamus and got a species change operation to become her mom. And she sort of believed it and sort of was like, no, really? You know, but when you're a kid, you have a good imagination. So it was like kind of interesting. It's like, oh, my mom was a hippopotamus. Now, that wasn't because Heather had gained any weight or anything like that. It wasn't about that. So don't, you know, don't go there. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 So, no, no, I didn't even. That, that was just funny. Um, yeah, I got you. I'm putting it out there for sure. Um, all right. Well, what are your thoughts on reopening in sports? Where do we stand? So I don't know. I, I, so I, I did a poll today. I'd like to see where it's at now. But I, I think I knew where it's going already with the sample that we had, which is most true. The long-term harm, the long-term consequences of sheltering in place are better than those of just, okay, screw it, we've done this long enough, ending the lockdown now. Two, the opposite, that the long-term consequences of sheltering are worse than going out. Or three, nobody knows. And so far, with 287 votes, staying put gets 32%, breakout has 21%, and nobody has a clue has 47%. And 
the thing is, I voted I, for the last, I voted for, for C. Yeah. I would vote for C also. Like, I don't know. Right. Because you know, the longer we stay put, the more like people are going to die of things like not going to the doctor and some other stuff. Um, the more people are going to get into despair and all the other things that are tough about staying home. I mean, I've kind of a nice apartment, you know, there's only three of us here. I got a little tiny balcony where I can get some sun. We can go to the park. You know, I work from home. I'm still getting a paycheck. It's not that bad for me, but I can imagine it being hell for a lot of people, especially if you have a lot of stress and a lot of people around, no privacy. So in every area, God is is just like different. Like we have our own country, each state right now. It's just totally, totally, you know, unique to each other as well. But yeah, also personal situation as well, for sure. Yeah. So, and, and if you go out now, well, yeah, I mean, the disease will spread, but maybe there'll be more immunity. Maybe the economic fallout will be less, or maybe, no, you've got to stay put because the thing will spike like crap. I don't know. I mean, my instinct is I think pe- different people who are more inclined should do the experiment and will have more information from the experiment. Um, and I, I wouldn't force anyone to do one or the other. And I think we should keep the precautions like the masks and the distancing and everything else while you're doing the experiment uh, and get more data. But like, you know, it's not for me to tell you what to do. You, if you don't want to do the experiment, don't do it. I'm probably not doing it until I see more info. But thing is, the truth is nobody knows long-term, which is worse, right? We don't know. We just don't know. And so, even things like blaming, sorry, blaming like the government on like, say, uh, restaurant shutdowns. There's been like open table info show that the restaurants were just collapsing like a week before that all became. Uh, right. Yeah, I don't think it's the government. government. I mean, the government you know, I mean, made you know it I mean, were, The economics were going to take a hit because of the virus regardless is, all, is the point I was trying to make. Right. And even if they did totally open it up, it's not like restaurants will be full tomorrow. You know, right. I think it'd still be people aren't, you know, going to be in movie theaters, restaurants, airplanes anytime soon anyway. So, yeah. So that that it may be just better to stay put for that reason that the, you know, that the, the, and I'm not even saying, I don't think the government should be saying, I think the people are saying and will choose, but I think really nobody knows what's better or worse. And that's what makes it so tough. The idea that, Oh no, well, I, I'll tell you what'll happen. This many people will die if we, if we stay home because the economic this and that, and they showed that, you know, I don't know. Nobody knows any of that shit. You're going to tell and the me. Idea anyone has any confidence in a projection model after what we've just witnessed would oh. be laughable. I have no confidence that the projections for death, if everyone goes out, are accurate. And I have no confidence that the projections for death and economic loss being greater than what it would be anyway, uh, if people stay in, are accurate. I I don't think people really know. I think it's an unpredictable thing and that nobody really knows. And that some people who are more inclined and have more incentive to go out than others are going to do it. And we're going to get the information one way or the other. Yeah. Where do you stand on sports? So on sports, I think they're going to do it. They're going to try to do it. Uh, and they are going to need to have a plan for when somebody tests positive because somebody will test positive. It's just going to happen. And so they can't just be like, oh, no, we tested positive, and then all these people shaming them, like, you're murderers, you're killing people, you can't play baseball for money. You know, da, da, da. They, they should already anticipate that. <laughs> you know what I mean? They already have to have their plan because there's no point in starting it if they're going to shut it down the moment there's an outcry, the moment there's an infection, the moment there's an outcry. You got to think there's going to be some infections. We have a protocol. We have a response to the public. And that's that. And we're going to fight through this. Now, it's hard to control that, too, but they better at least have a plan. 
Yeah, the latest rumor was even like spring training June 10th and then start around 4th of July in their home ballparks. And then the next question there would be, would California allow that? So very interesting. I totally agree with you. If they act surprised, that's insane because it's inevitable. And that is the key is what's how are they going to react to that? Yeah, there has to be a plan. And and then there's a whole nother issue, man. Like, what do you do about Popovich or people over 60, 65 coaches in a close quarters in the NBA? I mean, there's some serious, serious questions are going to have I mean, to be I think those guys, you know, should, if they want, I mean, I would not have no disrespect for any coach who was like, look, man, I'm high risk. I got diabetes or I've got this hypertension and I got a family. I got grandkids and I love the game, but it's not worth it. I'm not going to do it. I want to wait. So, and obviously Popovich has the clout that they would wait for him. They'd put some interim guy in there and give him his job back, but um, not everybody has the clout, but I think that's legit. Also, I think that's totally legit. I also do think that, and we've talked about this, but while no, well, there are viruses that will just wipe you out no matter how healthy you are, that we can't be cavalier about viruses, that the data is pretty strong that if you have good metabolic health and you're not super old, that you have an excellent chance of not having extreme symptoms from this. And mm-hmm. so getting good metabolic health, some of it is you know history that you can't undo, but it is a choice, and it can change pretty quickly. Intermittent fasting, eating meat and vegetables, staying away from junk food, for three, four weeks will have a significant impact on your metabolic health. So it, there's still you know, time to, to do this. I think people should be, and they're not talking about this. The authorities aren't talking about this because, you know, as the guy tweeted out, it's like their sponsors would not like it. Donald's, Doritos, Coca-Cola, they're not going to be happy if the government message is, dude, stop eating that shit eat healthy and probably the opposite is happening with the, you know people staying in gaining uh gaining weight but um and these impossible yeah, just, burgers and this veggie so- tofu oh, seed oil yeah, shit you think you're eating health. well that's another issue too because you think you're eating healthy with that people think they're eating healthy they're doing the opposite the first one of the first ingredients of that is like soybean oil um that's one of the worst things you can eat but anyway getting, i've been getting laid out every day in the sun uh you know trying to make a point of it uh and it's, uh, it's, it's nice getting some sun and, uh, I got, I got my solar panels uh, installed. You made fun of me. It's, uh, so hopefully I'll be able to, uh, to get in the pool here soon too, but that's uh, a lifesaver for my daughter who is uh, constantly needs something to do here. Um, list before we get to some sports, I wanted to ask you one political thing. Uh, Scott Alexander, we've referenced him, the slate star codex guy does yearly predictions and he recently came out with his and he said, Democrats nominate Biden and he remains nominee on election day. He gave this a 90% chance, which had me do a double take. So what are your thoughts on that? I think he's wrong. I think that it's going to be someone else. Uh, I think the hard part, and this guy Spreadopedia, who sometimes tweets on uh, politics, who made a lot of money betting on Trump in the last, last election, he thinks the problem is Bernie, is that if they get rid of Biden, then Bernie's the clear number two. I mean, it's not even close in terms of the vote, the primary. So how are you going to get Bernie's people to vote for you know, Kamala Harris or Amy Klobuchar, whoever, you know, CAAP or whatever, you know, how are you going to get them to vote for them when all the Bernie people are like, wait, wait, wait Biden dropped out because he's demented and sexual assaulter? Well, of course. Well, who's, who got second place, right? Like, it'd be one thing if they, you know, that no one likes Biden, but none of the Bernie people like Biden, but like, and it was cheap the way they all dropped out strategically. But he did win on Super Tuesday. He did get the, you know, I mean, it's not like he didn't get more votes. So if you're a Bernie supporter, but you're a Democrat, probably a lot of you will still vote for him. 
But if Biden drops out and they just ignore that Bernie was the clear number two, good luck with that vote, right? Good luck getting their vote. Even if Bernie endorses, people are going to be pissed. So that's the, that's the trick. That's the problem is that if Bernie just like, you know, finished in fifth, they, I think they probably already would have done it. Now, I, I do think that Biden's going to stay in for now. They're going to get a VP. They're going to do all the PR and stuff till like September, August or whatever they can with the VP. And then Biden, for health reasons, will drop out. And the VP will just be like, well, no, I mean, this is the person you voted for's choice. You know what I mean? It's like his surrogate. I think they're going to do it that way. That would be my guess. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, I saw that number. It seemed high to me, especially with, I know, your opinion. I definitely wanted to ask you that. Um, all right. What do you want to talk some? Uh, two, two other things. Follow Ted okay. Bell's feed about these, the indictments that may drop soon against some of these FBI agents that set up General Flynn. Ted Bell points out that General Flynn was doing up yeah. to no good lobbying for Turkey and the Turkish government in a very shady way. And they probably could have got him on that. But what they went after him for was this a way to get to Trump. And this stuff's coming out. And uh, I hope that no matter what your political preference is, no matter how much you hate Trump, which is totally valid, I'm not going to defend him, that you want to see dirty cops go to jail. Dirty cops are worse than criminals. Dirty cops undermine the rule of law. And the rule of law is the foundation for a just society. So dirty cops are worse than criminals. Criminals are bad, but they're not purporting to be anything else. And then when they get arrested, people are like, good, guy got arrested. But a criminal does not undermine the faith in a just society. But a dirty cop undermines the faith in a just society. And there is no, but Trump's so bad and dangerous, they had to do it. There is no justification for framing uh, his associates, to, even if you think that you know he shouldn't be president or he's going to be a bad president, there's no. It's a utilitarian thing, which I reject soundly. Oh, this is worth it. It's worth it for the cops to cheat and frame people because Trump's so bad. No, it's not. No, it is not. It doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm not commenting whether it's worth it or not. It doesn't matter whether it's worth it. You have undermined the rule of law. You have undermined any possibility of a just society. So I hope that when these guys go to jail, and it looks like some of them are. Um, that people cheer for that and don't, it's going to get politicized and they won't, but you should. Dirty cops belong in jail. Was that both your thoughts on that? That's it. Yeah, that's okay. all. Okay. No, that's oh, hard oh. to argue against that. We're going to do a little sports too, a little bit of Odell Beckham because you, you and I disagree and we'll make a bet on this. But one of the things is, so I was teaching Sasha some probability the other day and I had her uh, roll two dice and you know I wrote out the, the uh, distribution two through 12 and, you know, that obviously she figured out that, like, it's more likely to roll a seven than a two. And I said, if you have to give me a dollar every time you roll a seven, how much would I have to pay you if you get a two for it to be fair? And she said, uh, $2 for the two? I said, all right, why don't we start rolling? We'll write down, like, who owes who money at the end of this. See who gets the $10 first. She starts rolling, and she gets a two, like, on, like, the first or second roll. So she's up two. And then, like, she doesn't get any seven. She gets, like, tons of sixes, fives, nines, elevens. About 12 rolls in, she gets another two. And then she goes on this run of about 30 or 40 rolls where there was one seven in there and just six, six, ten, nine, five, five, nine, nine, five, ten, five, six, eight, six, eight, eight. And I'm like, holy shit, we are wasting the greatest craps run of all time on my Mm -hmm. office floor. Like, you would have made so much money. 
Now, eventually she rolled a bunch of sevens and she didn't get another two. So I ended up getting the five dollars before her and she sort of learned the lesson. What a poor way to get introduced, though. Oh. God, she's going to be distorted for, for life now. Crazy, though, how she rolled so many. I, I was lost. You know, you're watching it and you can't help but think like, wow, how much money is this worth? So I just figured I'd throw that. In. Anyway, I want to ask you about uh, OBJ because I moved him up to six ahead of Julio Jones and full PPR. And I know you hate OBJ this year, but I just think that is a stock I want to invest in. Yeah, I'm, I'm down on OBJ. I'm just, I'm just down on, on Mayfield. He, uh, he hasn't had, what, seven touchdown catches since 2016 or 1,100 well, yards. He's missed so many games. He's I mean, always he's, he's, injured. Yeah, I know. He's always injured. He's going to play uh, 25% of his games against the Ravens and Steelers, which should have good defenses. Uh, yeah, there's Landry, Kareem Hunt. Chubb steals the touchdowns. Uh, they added Austin Hooper and Njoku's there. Uh, I just think he'll get injured. The, the trade rumors I hate all summer. Like, he's just already unhappy. Teams want to get rid of these guys. Uh, Baker Mayfield was really, really bad if you look at the – the, the advanced stats. So that's, that's my main argument against it, but I'm the low man on the totem pole here. He goes far higher in drafts than I have him. So uh, yeah, I think you're pretty, probably a Brown normal or you're no, the, I'm the highest. I gotta be the highest. I think like NFC yeah. has him 12th and I've got him six. Here's, here's the thing. You're naming in Joku. I mean, come on, like think about how low on the lit, like you're like, Oh, I better not draft that receiver. They've got David and Joku who's done nothing in his whole life on the team. Like that's not even a thing. That's not even a play. That's just a name on a Jersey. That's anybody. Yet I said that Beckham didn't even lead his own team in targets last year. All right. I'd, I'd like my, my first receiver, my ideally I'd like my top 10 fantasy wide receiver to lead his own team in targets, but maybe okay, that's but just, that's, but, but that's just, that's just rhetoric. He had 133 targets while playing with an abdominal injury that required surgery. 133 targets. He got plenty of targets. If you're like, have Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison has 150 and Wayne has 141. You're like, he didn't lead his own team in targets, but whatever. He had 133 targets. After Michael Thomas, nobody in the league had more 20 more targets than Beckham with a bad abdomen. So he's getting plenty of looks. And that was with a totally dysfunctional team. I mean, Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. He had an amazing rookie year. Those things happened. Yeah, he was bad last year in a totally dysfunctional sinking ship. We got to think Mayfield's at least you know, league average-ish as a quarterback, probably, and that's all you need to, to support a receiver. They're incredibly thin at receiver. Their number three receivers, Rashad Higgins. They have no depth at receiver. Landry himself is coming off an injury, so you just got Landry and Beckham. That is it. Austin Hooper. I mean, he had one year. You know, he had eleven good games with Atlanta. He's not going to be. And, Hunt and Chubb could easily rush for twenty touchdowns. Everybody, Easy. everybody has running backs. Every team runs the ball. The point is that you've got you've got a very thin receiving core. You've got only two receivers, one of which is Beckham. You've got a couple of tight ends that are okay. There's no Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz there. Yeah, Hooper. He, he's just always heard, and Mayfield would have to play a ton better to be league he would, average. He would he, have to take a gigantic. Well, he step was way above average his, his rookie year, and he was the first pick. I mean, it's and and now they have a real NFL offense. It's not like a joke of an offense. I mean, you're talking about the most talented receiver in the game. His first three years in the NFL were better than Randy Moss's or Jerry Rice's. Nobody did what Beckham did for the first three years in the league with Eli Manning in bad weather. That is just a fact. Like, this is the most talented receiver in the NFL. He missed 12 games in 2017. Okay, give him a mulligan. He broke his ankle. Then he comes back in 2018 and misses four games, but still had 1,000 yards and six touchdowns with the dregs of the end of the bottom of the barrel of Eli's career. He went 77,052 and six with eight and a half yards per target with the, the absolutely trough Eli. And then last year with a totally terrible abdomen that needed surgery. He still gets a thousand yards and seventy-four catches on like an offense that 
they weren't even selling the play action pass. It was like a joke. They were showing clips that like that the whole thing was, they were like mailing it in. And now it's just him and, and Landry. And I mean, this is the best receiver in football. This is the most talented guy. Yeah. I was in on him last year, big time. And um, I could be wrong. How, like old, is, how really old is Beckham, how old is Beckham now? He's like 28 or something. 27, not even 28, 27. Okay. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. He's uh he's very let's do, good. Let's do like, a pick. I think he'll get hurt and I don't think, and I okay. don't think big, take a guy, take a guy. I can miss 20 fantasy wide receivers. I'd, I'd want to have. Okay. Take a guy outside the top 10 and I'll tell you what, 500 bucks. If your guy's wide receiver one, 500 bucks if Beckham's wide receiver one. Okay. Is DJ Moore outside the top 10? Uh, he's not, but I'll give it to you. I think he has very little chance to be wide receiver one. So I'll okay, I'll, okay. Or, or yeah, okay. my other guy was going to say AJ Brown, but I'll do, I'll do DJ. Moore. Okay. So 500 because it's, you know, it's wide receiver one and let's do a hundred. If it's wide receiver three or better, a hundred for top three, 500. If it's actually wide receiver one full PPR. Now let's just say Beckham's wide receiver one, but in week 17, like they, he rests or something like, how do we, how do we do that? Yeah, like, we do a gentleman's agreement. I'm fine with that. No problem. If he's 500, well, that's, we better have a, we better have some terms. I don't want to okay. kind of your gentleman. I don't need to worry about that right this second though. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in the back, in the backstage, but that's, okay. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Uh, I, uh, interesting. All right. So you, you really, uh, all right. You're, you're on, you're in on him and you like Godwin too. I was going to ask you about your column here. Uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm a madman, dude. I already did. Uh, I did Rotowire's first online championship NFFC Monday night, uh, and took four straight, running backs um just did a jimmy garoppolo column wrote last night which by the way um i have that i don't know if you saw that kittle wears a, a put, had a shirt of garoppolo in his underwear and i and my wife said if there's ever any time you wear that dumb shirt you bought it should be while you're writing this column so long story short cut to an hour later out for a walk with my family locked ourselves out of our house without <laughs> our cell phones and i'm wearing a jimmy g in his underwear t-shirt uh, <laughs> Long story. I mean, the tow truck came, and I'm sitting there wearing the guy with his underwear. It's pretty, pretty funny. But uh, yeah, look for that. I have a column out with already. It just came out before we sort of call it. Recording this, and a bunch of people are already tweeting me, calling me an idiot for my uh, my Jimmy G love. But um, I like that bet. I also wanted to get in on Chris Godwin too. But uh, I guess for next week. But you had a, your sordid thoughts too. I wanted to get on that column too. Yeah, we only got a couple of minutes left. But yeah, I I think Godwin's the guy for the Bucks this year. Brady, I don't see him throwing deep to Evans. He's a deep guy. I also think Gronk and Evans are going to overlap more than Godwin, who's going to be like that Welker Edelman guy in the slot, but just better, faster, bigger, just a better player, more athletic. So I think that Godwin is going to be uh, the guy to get. And then uh, finally, I think Dak is, I have him QB3 just behind, you know, the obvious two, Mahomes and Jackson. They got CeeDee Lamb, which is huge. They get like, you know, arguably the most talented prospect in the last couple of years with Cooper and Gallup. And then they lose Jason Witten, which is an upgrade. What's his name? Uh, Blake Jarwin's, if anything, going to be better. And Mike McCarthy used to throw a ton in the red zone with Aaron Rodgers. And Jason Garrett last year, even though Prescott was sixth in passing attempts overall, he was 18th in red zone attempts and 30th in attempts inside the 10. I think that's going to change with McCarthy. So I think Prescott could just be like, throw like 38 touchdowns or something crazy. 
All right, so this is a. I'm, I disagree with you on Godwin because I'm down on Brady even more so than I am Mayfield. We can tease that one to later. I'm, I'm in on Stidman, down on Brady, um, and you can. I'm with you though on Dak. I have him as my number three QB. I went and drafted CD Lamb in round seven in this uh, RotoWire league Monday night, and yeah, he's going to be an. Yeah, he is a, a MVP candidate. A better chance of finishing first in fantasy than than outside of top five. So I'm with you there. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, one last thing because uh, I got we got to run. Um, I got a haircut finally. I had this very, very long oh, yeah. beard, very long hair, and I cut it, you know, with the clippers. But I, you know, the back is kind of hard, so I got Sasha to help me. So I'm like holding up a chunk of hair, and she's cutting it. I'm like, oh, I hope this is all right. It's not oh, that yeah. bad. It's wow. not as good as a professional haircut, but I don't feel stupid walking around. I'll just say that. And I thank you for the Sasha videos as well. Uh, she's she's working on that combination. What a what a future boxer. I love those. Keep those coming. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, she's doing good. She uh, yeah. and I haven't resorted to the haircut. Though. I need one myself, man. I'm, I'm so shaggy over here. So uh, well done. All right, man.